Welcome, everybody. We're so excited to have you on this teachable version of the Inside Journey podcast. And it's fun because Kim and I usually do the teachables just us two, but we had to have the fabulous Janelle Flores Bolte come on with us because in our last episode, she was our interviewee and she talked to us about her amazing, amazing journey with her husband as they discovered he had stage four lung cancer and their incredible love and determination to just rise up the best they could through that experience. And as she was telling her amazing story, I think him and I kept looking at each other going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's so many lessons, there's so many practices in what Janelle is talking about right now that we can, in a more succinct way, pass along in our next Teachable. And we wanted to have Janelle on with us because she is a meditation teacher. She teaches this to her clients. So who better than to kind of describe some of these practices firsthand than her? And whether you're going through something extreme, like what Janelle had to go through with her with her beloved John, or you're dealing with something just that's a real challenge, a heartbreak, a devastating news about your career, something you're working through with a friend, we think that this episode is going to be incredibly helpful for you to take in some new practices that you can use on a day-to-day basis that will help transform some of these challenges into, into opportunities. So welcome, Janelle. Thank you, guys. It's so great to be back with you. I had so much fun the last time. This is going to be, this is going to be a joy. Yes, we are so happy to have you back. And yeah, so many people who listened to your episode just were so amazed and inspired and had questions. And, you know, the thing I think about with your whole journey with John is, and you say this a lot, that you didn't just survive that experience, you thrived. So one of the things that we talked about early on in our conversation that you had said, Janelle, is that, you know, you talked about John and you said that pain is inevitable, but that suffering is a choice. And you talked about how John through it all really didn't suffer. And we would love for you to just dive into that a little bit more and explain what you meant and how, how can we learn from that? Yeah, absolutely. So what I meant by that is that physical pain and emotional pain are inevitable, right? They're part of our life journey. And actually, they're part of what makes life so rich. Suffering, suffering is a choice. Because typically what happens when we suffer is that Suffering happens in the mind. Mm. Suffering happens in our heads. And as a society, as a culture, most of us live our lives from the shoulders up. Mm. And so the invitation is to shift that. Can you live your life from your heart? Can you live your life from your gut, right? And you guys talk about this with intuition, from that place of deeper wisdom. So suffering happens when we do things like ruminate, when we loop a story in our head, when we catastrophize and imagine the worst case scenarios playing out. That is real suffering. And suffering happens when we resist the present moment. 
So I'm going to say that again. When you resist what's happening in the present moment, you are suffering. So if right now, if right now you're listening to this podcast and you are stuck in traffic and you are pissed (laughs) and you are thinking of like, oh, this idiot in front of me. Did you see that? They just let another car in and you're just really getting yourself worked up. You're suffering. Here's the truth of the matter. You and about a thousand other people are also stuck in traffic. You can lean in and you can enjoy the scenery. You can turn on some music. You can continue listening to this fabulous podcast. You can just be with the experience, right? You can be with the experience. And there's tons of research. There was a study at Harvard. Uh, I think the last name was Killingsworth, Matt Killingsworth, a Harvard researcher. And he did um, a study on being present. And they found that people who are present are actually happier. So think about it this way. If you're having dinner with your kids and as you're sitting there, you're just thinking about all the work that you still need to do. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I still have this presentation that I need to get through. I need to prepare for that call for tomorrow. Kids still need baths. They still have homework. You're totally out of the moment. You're not paying attention to anything that's going on at the table. And chances are you're not very happy. So this research showed that people who are actually present, right? So I'm actually present in this moment. I'm paying attention to the conversation that's going on. I'm looking at my kid in the eye. I'm engaging. I'm leaning in. I'm tasting my food. I'm feeling what it feels like to be in this space. I guarantee you're going to be a lot happier. Even when that space is not pretty, you're not having a beautiful meal with your child, you're, (laughs) you know, facing something life-threatening or a really challenging situation. Mm -hmm. What happens when the shit hits the fan, when it's really, really challenging? How do you lean into that, right? Because I think for most of us, we want to run, You want to turn around and go the other way. I want to resist what's happening. So something that I want to make clear is that being in the present moment and accepting your reality doesn't mean that you have to like it. It doesn't mean that you can't change it. It means having clear eyes about what's really here and what's happening. So that means between what's happening and how I react, there is a space. And in that space lies all of your growth and all of your freedom. And why is that? It's because in that moment of presence, when you can create a little bit of space between you and whatever's happening, you have choices. And when we have choices, when we can really kind of look at the situation, then we are so much better equipped to do what it takes to move us to a level of deep, deep wisdom and deep understanding. So it doesn't mean you have to love it. It means you have to be with it, being with it, being with whatever it feels like. And I can definitely tell you about one of my favorite tools. So one of the things that I talk about often is is something called sort of um, acknowledging, allowing, 
and then releasing. So if I can really acknowledge in this moment how I feel, right? This goes back to something that I said before about taking full responsibility for your life. If I can acknowledge how I'm feeling, even if that feeling is fear or anger or anxiety, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to name it. Okay, so I'm going to name it. So if I name it and it's anxiety, I name it. Then I allow it. And allowing it means I allow myself to feel it in my body. This is where people get really freaked out. Because typically when you're getting a physiological response in the body, you want it to stop. You don't want to feel it anymore. That racing heart, the sweaty palms, the, the, you know, the foggy thoughts, the upset tummy, they want to turn away. What if you just allowed yourself to feel it? So something about feeling your feelings is, um, folks sometimes feel like they're going to fall into a hole and they're not going to be able to go out. But here's the thing. Emotions are fluid. Even the word, think about the word emotion. It's energy in motion. It moves through you if you allow it. If you don't allow it, it stays stuck in there. Mm -hmm. So what if you just allow yourself to ride the wave of the emotion? So every emotion has an arc. So if you think of an emotion kind of starting at one end, one end, and then it kind of like, it does a full arc, almost like a half circle. So um, most of us will ride an emotion up until it gets really uncomfortable at the top. And then we'll drop out and we'll try to distract ourselves or we'll avoid it. Or we have a ton, there's tons of different things that we do to not have to feel the feeling. What happens is if you ride this wave of emotions, it takes about 90 seconds to feel the entire arc of an emotion. But as I said, most of us drop out in the middle. So when we drop out, I'm going to tell you quickly what happens is, is we go back to that loop, right? So you go back to that loop in your mind and guess what happens? You flood your entire systems with hormones all over again. So you keep doing it over and over and over again. So that's why it feels like it lasts for so long, because what you do is that you go back to that same neural pathway those same neural pathways then trigger the, you know, the receptors in the brain that cause the neurotransmitters to flood the body with emotions. And so then it just feels like it's happening and happening and happening versus if you ride the arc of the feeling, it lasts 90 seconds. And so what that looks like is feel the feeling and not the story. That's exactly what I was thinking is the feeling comes and it's not separate from a story. And that's why it's the feeling that's uncomfortable. But more often for me, the story is so linked to the discomfort too. And then it's just this big old jumble and I just keep looping on the negative story. And it creates, like you said, this, I never finished the arc. The night It's 90 right. seconds. It's like nothing, but I can't even handle it that long. I have to, inter I, I'm freaking out. It fuels the emotion and then it lasts for hours. And so it sounds like going back to what you said at the very beginning, it's about getting out of your head because that's where the story is. And just what, just closing your eyes or doing whatever you need to do to just feel the physicality of the emotion maybe in your body. Yeah. 
So what I, what I do with clients is that that's exactly it is that you, if you can, if you're in a space where you can, and you can do it almost anywhere is you literally feel first, where is it in my body? If you're feeling anxious, where do I feel it most in my body right now? You know, maybe it's in your, in your chest or it's in your tummy and then start going a little bit deeper, right? So you then start going into, okay, what's the quality of this sensation? Is it heavy? Is it light? And then you can even get really creative. You can start to do things like, does it have a color? What's the texture of this feeling? And when we do that, it's like a circuit breaker, right? So we interrupt this pattern so that we actually get into the physicality of it. And then we allow the feeling to dissipate. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. So you, it's like a, it cuts the brain from telling the story. If you're really getting into the color, the feeling, where it is in my body, where it's going underneath, it's like your brain can't think about the negative story and the feeling at the same time. It's crazy, but I'm getting it for the first time. Kim, are you understanding? It's like like a light bulb moment for me right now. It makes so much sense. I think it's probably a lot of people are thinking it's so much easier said than done. Like it makes so much sense right now. And when we go to a place in our life that we're, we're having a really strong emotion, you know, I think for so many people, the story and the emote, they're, they're like one in the same. They're so enmeshed that it's really hard to turn something on and I mean, turn something off and really you know, turn your mind off and get really into your, just the feeling. So the mind informs the body, mm-hmm. but we actually know that the body can inform the mind as well. So they're this like, con- they're constantly in communication, right? And so this is why it's really important to pay attention to what you're thinking yes. because your thoughts are influencing your physiology Yes, all the time. But there are things that we can do to support ourselves in these moments. And so one of the easiest things to do is really just the the breath. And a very simple hack, if you're really in the middle of something big, is to take one full conscious breath. And so what that means is that you inhale for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, and you release for four seconds. If you do this several times, what it does is it sends a calming signal to um, the vagus nerve, which is the largest nerve in the body, and it runs from our spinal cord all the way to the base of the spine. And what that does is it, it triggers your parasympathetic nervous system. So this is your system sort of rest, relax, digest mode. And so it kind of calms the body. So it tells your body, okay, you can calm down now at least enough so that you can start to do some deeper work. Cause sometimes you're right in the middle of it and you're like, what am I going to do? I can feel that amygdala hijack happening. How do I support myself in this moment? And really it is as simple as taking a breath. Um, another simple hack, this is really fun, is that we have parasympathetic nerves in our lips 
And so if you touch your lips, if you like bring your fingers to your lips and hold down on your lips, that too sends a calming signal to the body. So I just hold. I've heard that before. Yeah. So if you hold, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I've got a million of these mm-hmm. things. So you just mm-hmm. hold, holding the lips. Um, it actually, yeah, sends a calming signal to the Interesting. To the and these are quick things you yeah. can do in yep. the middle of your day in between meetings or, you know, whenever you're having like a moment where you can't even think clearly because you're so jacked up off track. Absolutely. Okay. So just kind of doing a quick recap. The first step is to really acknowledge, right? So you're going to acknowledge, I feel X right now, angry, frustrated, ashamed, whatever the feeling is. So naming it, right? That's, that's what part of the acknowledgement is, is that I'm going to name it. So acknowledge, allow, so really allow yourself to ride the roller coaster of the feeling. Do you guys remember that movie Parenthood with Steve Martin? And like he's having a panic attack and they kind of show like simultaneously like he's going on a roller coaster. That's what it feels like, right? So riding the wave, like the arc of that roller coaster is where we usually drop out. But imagine if you get over that hump and start going back down again. So that's what happens when we feel into the body. So you're creating that circuit breaker, right? So that you're not in the mind and you're feeling it in the body. Once you feel it and you ride the arc, it naturally releases itself, right? So there's the acknowledge, allow, and then there is a natural release that happens. So it's not a pushing away. It's an actual release. Mm, That's so awesome. And now I feel like you're in a place where you can address maybe some old patterns or behaviors or stories that you habitually tell yourself, you know, when you're on the loop. So it's a double whammy, right? So you're taking care of your body. And then you're also looking at what is the thinking that gets me into trouble a lot. And, um, you know, Kim and I have talked about a couple of times, the work of Byron Katie and how important it is. But I think as humans, our thinking always goes into catastrophe, the, the worst possible scenarios. And then that Janelle creates the whole loop, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we always say too, is when you start thinking just an all or nothing thought about whatever situation you're in, I'm going to get fired. I'm totally disappointing this person. You're never going to make money. This person you care about is 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 not going to do well. You have to pause and ask yourself, do you know that for certain? And what if something else could happen that was more positive or more of an opportunity? What if I don't lose my job? What if this is just a chance to talk to my boss in a new way that answers her question? Or what if, I'm sure you had to reframe so much, Janelle, with John, yes, my beloved has cancer, but what if we are like, what are some of the stories you would tell yourself with John that really puts you in a different emotional state? Yeah. Well, one of the, you guys are speaking my language because <laughs> I do love me some Baron Katie. She's so great. So one of the things that Katie talks about, so we'll just use John as an example. So I think I mentioned in the last, in the last episode that John was given a 5% chance of living for two years. And so when you hear this, those are pretty grim odds. 5%, you have a 5% chance of living the next 24 months. I mean, 
it's it can be really stressful, right? So just receiving this diagnosis is stressful enough. Then when you're given a certain amount of time, like how do you step out of that? Yeah. Like how do you how do you become an outlier? How do you how do you reframe it so that you can triple your life expectancy, right? So one of the beautiful things I love about um, Katie's work is that she talks about how, okay, if you have this limiting belief, she really tunes into how does it make you feel? So when I think I only have a 5% chance of living two years, how do I feel? Well, immediately, just even saying it over again, immediately I feel this heaviness in my chest. I feel my shoulders. They automatically sort of started to slump down, right? My physiology started to shift immediately just by saying that phrase, right? So if I believe this, not only is it like I'm folding in on myself, I feel um, emotions like sadness, hopelessness, doom, fear, all these things start to well up, right? So what do we do? We turn it around. We turn it around. So this is how I feel if I believe this. How do I feel if I don't? What if I choose not to believe this? Because I think one of the things that we run into is we believe the things we think, but you know what? You don't have to. You don't have to believe everything that you think. So what if I believe I can be an outlier? What if I believe I do not have to be a statistic? What if I believe that I can pull together support and resources so that I have a journey that is miraculous? Even as I'm saying that, I already noticed that my shoulders have opened up. I'm sitting up a little higher. I'm smiling immediately, immediately within the space of a belief. I can change my life. The other thing, Janelle, I thought was so interesting is one of the ways you changed your story instead of fighting the cancer, you started loving the cancer, which was a more powerful energy. Like, I don't think a lot of people think you need to love your challenges in life. You need to fight your challenges. Is this another strategy our listeners can use to shift challenge to love something rather than fight it? Absolutely. I love that wonderful saying, like no one ever in the history of calming down ever calmed down when someone said, you should just calm down, (laughs) right? It never happens, right? So when you meet something with that same level of energy and there's that, that resistance, right? That like budding of heads that doesn't work. What, like when it's really, we need to calm down. Think of a small child. You go up, you put your arms around You hold gently, you lean in, you whisper soft, encouraging words. That allows us to calm down. So that's what I mean by literally like loving it. And when I say loving the cancer, I mean going in and John and I would do these visualizations where we would imagine like bringing in loving, healing rays of light that transform these rogue cells into healthy, vibrant cells that were following their destiny, right? 
It's a whole new way of framing it. Transformation versus killing. We even when we think about death, right? Death, the other side of the coin is that it's rebirth. It's rebirth. We're constantly, our bodies are constantly dying and rebirthing. What if that, and we don't begrudge that process, but what if that was the language you used? What if that's how you saw every chemo treatment? Not as like, it's killing, it's killing. What if it's transforming? So what if this medicine is going through my body and it is helping my body to heal? It's just a different way of, it's a different way of approaching it. It's like what comes to mind is once I heard long ago, the second law of metaphysics is energy follows thought. Mm. We have a choice. We always have a choice. Going back to that Viktor Frankl quote, and often it doesn't feel like we do, but it's such a good reminder. Yeah. So for any of you out there that are going through something really hard and you don't want to look at it or you want to fight it or you want to have that those putting your dukes up, it's like... We all need to do that for a period of time, but when are you ready to put that fighting spirit down and to say, I need to own it, accept it, go lean into it, comfort it? You know, it's just a, such a different energy and you can do that any way you want. I'm sure you all can get very creative with it, but it's a fabulous mind shift. So speaking of just owning it and taking responsibility and loving it and facing towards it, Janelle, one of the things you mentioned is one of the criteria for working with people is that they're ready to own their story. They're ready to own their role in life. And that's one of the things that promotes healing and transformation in their life. As a third practice that we want to share on this, this podcast, can you talk about what that looks like? Absolutely. So I think I said something to the effect of taking like radical responsibility for your life. And that means that you Accept what's happened, right? The good, the bad, the ugly. It's helped along the journey. It doesn't mean you have to like it again. And again, responsibility is not about like, oh, I'm so responsible for this. I'm going to take on all the blame and I'm going to be, I'm going to take on all the shame. No, it's not about blame and it's not about shame. It's about, as you said, owning your story. Because when you own your story, it's very different. It's empowering, right? You can empower yourself to change your story, to change whatever that loop is that's that's playing in your head. But you can't do that until you're actually ready to say, hey, this is what I do. And maybe there's a tiny part of me that actually kind of likes it. This might sound insane to some of you, but one of my favorite teachers is a woman named Carolyn Elliott, and she has this beautiful phrase, and it is, having is evidence of wanting. So I'm going to say that again. Having is evidence of wanting. So right now, wherever you are, look around your surroundings. So just look around where you are right now. Can you accept that everything that's happening right now is because you chose it to be there on some level or another? Okay, so if having is evidence of wanting, here's the big question. I mean, does that apply to everything in your life? You know, like, are, are you saying that on some level you wanted everything that happened with John? I think that on some level, I wanted to fall madly in love. 
I wanted to have a love that was transformational, transforming for me and for him. I wanted to break through the illusion that death is the end because truly the end is really just the beginning. And so I think that the universe will give you everything that you want, but it doesn't always come in the package that you think it's going to come in. So when you open yourself up to what is, loving what is, it changes everything. So Janelle, this has been amazing. And I know that you are really so adept at like shifting your emotions to be more calm, being able to transform stories that throw you off center. And so we're just curious, is there any last parting gift you want to give our listeners around something you do on a daily basis that really mm, sets the tone for a successful day? Actually, you know what I do is I do something at the end of the night. So I actually ask myself a few questions before I go to bed and it sort of calibrates like, huh, was today, did I really knock it out of the ballpark today? If I did these things, then I guess I did. But what I ask myself is, did I move in the direction or move towards what I love? And when I say what I love, I mean, it can be anything from um, did I do the work that I love? So today I'd say I did. I'm doing the work that I love because I'm doing this with you. Or maybe it's, did I move in the direction of building um, deep relationship with my kids, like that deep communication with my kids? Did I have that challenging conversation with a coworker? Whatever it is, like, did I move in the direction of what I love? So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, did I share my gifts? I think that every single person on the planet is here for a reason. And whether that is because you give an awesome back rub or whether it's because you make killer lasagna or whether it's because you teach people how to ease their suffering through meditation and mindfulness, did you share your gift with the world today? So I would say, I did. I did that today. Yes, you did. Okay, that's two. So the third thing is, did I feel my feelings? Did I allow myself to really feel and inhabit my day? Here's the thing is that our feelings are what makes us alive and living. And then the last thing is, was I open to receiving? Did I allow myself to be present and open to receive everything from the warmth of the sun on my face to the smile of a stranger, although we're wearing masks now. So <laughs> the smiley eyes of a stranger, <laughs> like, did I allow myself to open to really receive the abundance of what's here? If I can say yes to those four things, then it has been a kick-ass, beautiful day. Those are such amazing questions. And I think that we would all benefit from doing that exercise at the end of every day. There's another tool for people is to reflect on those questions in order to, to live an authentic and deeply feeling and genuine life. Yeah, I love them so much. And I love you, Janelle. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful wisdom with us. And 
It's always a treat to be in your energy and have you as a friend in my life. So thank you. Yes, I, I feel the same exact way. And I feel like we need to have you back another time because there have been so many incredible pearls of wisdom. I feel like people will get so much from this conversation. So thank you. Yay.